Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, this time last week, Michigan State was coming off three straight wins and appeared primed to move up in the NCAA tournament seed list. Instead, the Spartans suffered two home losses to Iowa and Ohio State, two teams that are not expected to be in the dance. The result is a frustrated coach, team, and fan base during a time of year when the program is usually rounding into form. Is there still hope for this group? And just how close is Michigan State to actually missing the tournament for the first time in 25 years? We will discuss that and more on episode 141 of MLive's Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on a sunny Monday, February 26th, 2024. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Kyle, Matt, thanks for being here. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, Kyle, I was having a great weekend. They had the Michigan Winter Beer Festival here in Grand Rapids this weekend. It was a beautiful, sunny day. Everyone had great vibes on Saturday. My uh, my college basketball interests going great. Was loving the action on Sunday. And then 4 o'clock rolled around. Actually, I was fine for most of 4 o'clock, most of 5 o'clock, most of... I mean, even by like 5.59, I was still doing good, Kyle. And then that last second happened. Ohio State wins on a buzzer, 60-57 to in the Breslin Center. A loss that Tom Izzo said is one of his more disappointing in the last uh, decade or so on the job. Why do you think that is, Kyle? Um, because the Michigan State gave it away. Um, I, I think more so than most others. Uh, I mean, you look back, obviously they lost back-to-back home games. That hasn't happened since 2016. Um Illinois, I did think, I mean, they could have won that game. Illinois, I'm sorry. Um, Iowa. Um, Michigan State could have won that game, but I did think Iowa came in and played well and, and did take it to a certain degree. Ohio State, though, I mean, they shot like 37%. I think they were three for 17 from three, um, only scored 60 points. Um, and Michigan State had them down by 12, um, you know, several minutes into the second half. And um the one of the bigger choke jobs, um, I think, is a fair way to put it this season. Um, just giving it away, having zero offense down the stretch, um, playmakers not making plays, um, allowing them to shoot fifty-one percent down the stretch. A lot, you know. Um, Ohio State didn't have Jamison Battle, their second best player, um, and they let freshman Devin Royal come in and have a career game in his place, and um, and really be the guy in the second half for them. So. Um, I mean, Tom can be a little hyperbolic. I, I'm sure he's had more disappointing losses in the last couple of years, but um, it, it didn't uh, all credit to Ohio State, especially that, you know, the kid who had that last shot, that was a heck of a shot uh, right in front of us. But it, it felt a lot more like Michigan State gave that one away than Ohio State really came in and took it. Agreed. I mean, Michigan State, Tyson Walker hit a jumper about midway through the second half, and that gave Michigan State a 12 point lead, a 50 to 38. 
I mean, ESPN gives gives them a 96% chance to win the game at that point. So, uh, you know, Ohio State just kept battling, give them credit, a team that isn't playing for a whole lot this season. They have an interim coach. They hadn't won a road game in over a calendar year, Kyle. And the team just... <laughs> they hadn't won a Brethren since 2012. That too. Since that, the Draymond Senior game. Yeah, that yeah. too. I guess we're just kind of adding these on to reasons why Izzo yeah. was probably so upset. But uh, you're right. I mean, Jade Nakins, Tyson Walker didn't have it on the shot. Uh, you know, Tyson, whether he's injured, whether he's banged up last yesterday was the first time that I can remember him really like looking visibly frustrated on the court. I mean, he gets like a little knock, like a little injury pretty much every game. He's a smaller guy. Teams have really phys- figured out that if you're physical with him, you can kind of knock him off his game. But yesterday was kind of the first time that I, I noticed it really impacting his play on every level. I mean, he still manages to get 12 points down, but just one for six from three. He missed some wide open looks. Aiken go, Aikens goes 0 for three from three. I mean, you can look at a re- lot of reasons why Michigan State wasn't able to pull away in this game, but I mean, your two shooters going, you know, shooting at that percentage. I mean, people are going to talk about the center. We'll talk about it in a second, but the, the center thing, the Booker thing, that wasn't the only reason Michigan State lost this game. In fact, it's probably not even, you know, maybe it's in the top three reasons, but it you can't have your shooters going that bad from deep. Man, Brandon, I thought I could have to argue with you on this point, um, but I don't because I'm, I'm, I'm of the same way. Like everyone's into the centers and I get it's interesting and it certainly was a factor. I'm not saying it wasn't a factor, but I'm with you. I mean, to me, Tyson Walker and Jaden Akins not playing well is reason number one uh, why this is happening to this team. Um, Tyson Walker, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know where he's at physically. He's never really going to give you an idea, but um, I do think that he's frustrated by how teams are playing him and that he's not getting the calls that he thinks he should get. And yeah, Tommy Zero said it after the game. He thought that the frustration was affecting his game um, yesterday. And he just, he just doesn't look like the same guy that he did a couple months ago. And this is what we're afraid of when you rely on the smallest guy on the court to carry such a big load and, and to be the guy and to have possessions where it's, you know, you get down to six on the shot clock and just hand it to him and make something happen. Like I, I wish I could say I was shocked that this is happening on Feb- in late February, but uh, you know, I'm not, I think you could see it coming. Um, so he's not in a good place. Jaden Akins. I mean, he's just, he's a shooter, you know, he's been hot and cold and he's been cold for the last couple of games. So those guys both kind of, um, not doing well at the same time, um, to me, has been reason number one. I mean, Tyson Walker, I think, is like 5 for 15, 5 for 16. Um, those sorts of games, like Michigan State is not going to win a lot when he shoots like that. Um, so they, they got to figure something out. Um, and center maybe has a little bit to do with it, but I, I still think that um, they have had a lot of times in the last two years where they have been able to be good offensively and have their guards performing well without an offensive center. So I'm not buying the whole, like, Mahdi was in the game late yesterday and that's what made the offense grind to a halt. Like, that's, we've seen Mahdi in late in games a lot and the offense doing very well. So I don't think, you know, anything was different about yesterday. I think they have enough good offensive players that um, they can still be a good productive offense without a good offensive center in the late in the game. And I don't know why it didn't happen yesterday. I mean, because they missed open looks, man. They had, I mean, Tyson had, what, three or four shots? They- that one in front of the bench. Like, I feel like he's like 70% on that one. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's those are the shots where it's like, I mean, you think it's going down. And I still, in the future, I think it's probably going to go down. I mean, Tyson Walker is a great shooter. But for some reason, whatever, Michigan State, and this is maybe a hallmark of this team. They just, at times, they'll get teams down to where they need them. They'll have a lead. And they don't 
They don't step on the neck, for lack of a better term. They don't, you know, close the coffin. They don't say whatever you want, analogy-wise. They don't seem to seize the, whether whether it's they're not realizing the urgency or they're not feeling the urgency or whatever it is, Kyle. I mean, time and time again, you'll see this team with an opportunity to kind of shut the door on a team and they'll just leave that door cracked. They'll leave hope in there. And whether it's a missed shot, whether it's whether it's a turnover, whether it's giving up an offensive rebound in an and one in a poor moment, it just seems to doom this team. Because if you look at the advanced metrics, they've been a metrics darling all year. Even with these two losses, they're still at top 20 in Ken Palm. Um, you know, we, we'll talk about the NCAA tournament big picture here in a bit. But I mean, most people still have them in the field. It just despite being 17 and 11, it's just it's just more of the same, Kyle. It's more of that frustration when you think the, the sum of the parts should be better than it is. And it's just it's, it doesn't seem to want to happen for this group, but we should have the center conversation. I mean, Xavier Booker does get the start. Breslin center goes crazy. I think, you know, especially in that opening shift, a mixed bag. Um, he, he, did, he does give up some buckets in the post. Gets lost on defense. Offensive rebounding isn't there, but he does have three blocks. Uh, his offensive skill in the floor spacing, I feel, is way better when he's on the court. Um, and yeah, fans were upset. Izzo did not go back to him in crunch time. Instead, he puts Madi in there. I think that's just a comfort thing. I don't think he's feeling enough confidence in Booker to put him in in crunch time. You can debate that either way you want. I mean, I, I liked what I was seeing from Booker. I like what the overall package is more so with Booker. Um, but I do think there are some things that just like the casual fan maybe doesn't realize um, as flaws in his game. And I think that that's kind of what's leading to the, the upswelling here. But this whole Booker, should he play? How many minutes should he get? Trash on all the other centers thing. It, it's be, It's becoming... Very loud. I mean, and it's it's annoying if you ask me, but I mean, I understand why it's happening at the same time. I mean, there's definitely upside to Booker. Um, and like, I, I mean, I can see, um, I can see why people want him to play more. I mean, he's he's really good offensively. Um, I thought he was. He may not be good, like um, you know, ball screen defense and some of the assignment stuff. But as far as like pure rim protection, he's very good with his three blocks, and I think he affects more shots around the rim than the other guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is more that we don't see. And, and sometimes, it, you know, you don't, you don't know how their what their coverage is supposed to be. So you don't know exactly, um, who's screwing up, but you know, Israel kind of gave the indication that he did make some errors there. I mean, there was the one early where they should have had an alley-oop off of him. He just fell asleep and his defender just ran to the rim and, um, should have had a dunk. Um, and there are a couple of plays like that. So, I get why they went to Madi because they were not rebounding well. You know, Madi Zogo did rebound well when he was in there. I think he did defend better than Booker. I don't think he was like a stopper, but I think he did defend better than Booker would have. Would they have won the game with Booker playing at the end? I don't know. Nobody knows that. Um, but I also don't think like these were the only two options. Like I kind of don't get, it felt like they were transitioning to Carson Cooper is their late game big. And I thought that that had worked okay in some games and they've completely gone away from that. Um, I, I thought maybe you could have tried to do some offense for defense late in the game, you know, get, get best of both worlds, get uh, Booker in there on offense, get Madi in there on defense or somebody else. They didn't try that. I thought there were other options um, basically because um, I, I'm not sure Madi all the way down the stretch was the way to go, but I, I'm not surprised they didn't go with Booker. And I think there were good reasons not to go with Booker down the stretch, to be honest with you. I think that's why fans are upset is because, or maybe more stressed out right now is because like it's February 26th and Izzo still doesn't seem to really know what he wants his rotation to be. I mean, he's got, he put Madi and Cooper in together 
after Booker started yesterday. That didn't really work. He had Booker, he had Kohler and Cooper. He's doing them together. It just seems like usually by now, Izzo kind of knows who his guys are, and he's still tinkering. I mean, he's starting a true freshman who was a did not play three games ago, and now he's in the starting lineup. You know, it's just. Uh, it, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. It, it, it makes you feel like Izzo is searching um, to try and find those combinations that's going to work. But even Jake Diebler, Ohio State's coach, seemed a little bit surprised that they went away from Booker. And he even mentioned that him being out of the game allowed their bigs to catch the ball in the post deeper. And uh, that was kind of a, uh, somebody put out a tweet and people were running with that. I watched the whole press conference. There's a little more nuance to it. But if you read between the lines, it did seem like Diebler was kind of glad they took Booker out. Um, but uh, it is what it is. Matt, what do you, what do you think? It's, it's, uh, it's just, it's tough if you're a Spartan fan right now. And I do, the fan base is really loud. Uh, you got people calling for Izzo's job. I mean, that's just ridiculous if you ask me. But like, I can understand why they're upset. And I'm sure you can too. But what are your thoughts on last week, Matt? Well, specific to Sunday, um, you know, the sports gods give and they take away. And a Michigan State collapse at home and late led to Patrick Kane scoring the OT winner in Chicago in his return. So, I mean, <laughs> got to tell you. That's the only thing that saved my Sunday, Matt. That's the only thing. That was, that was, that was a hell of a moment. I, that was. That was awesome. I, I got to, I'll admit, I used to watch, you know, I used to watch the Wings nonstop. It's been a while. I, I, yesterday was the first time I've watched a full Red Wings game in a while. Partially because I went to hockey on Saturday, so I got the live hockey juices flowing, but great game. So, oh yeah, basketball, uh, Michigan State. Um, <laughs> We don't have a we don't have a Red Wings podcast, so I feel like we can work a little bit in here, Matt. So you're okay there, you know. <laughs> Kyle mentioned the uh, the fouls. How so with the new because your media seating on the floor is now on the other end. So when when late in the first half, how loud could you hear Tom Izzo yelling? That's a foul because mm. it came through on the broadcast clear as day. I was laughing at home on my couch. I actually didn't hear that. No, no, uh, he he must have been near a mic because it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Announcements are joking, but no, I don't, I mean, I don't know what to say that you guys didn't already cover. I mean, it's, you know, it seems like the same thing week after week, you know, I was really surprised when I saw that uh, Xavier Booker was the starter. Um, I thought if they were going to make a change at center, I figured it'd be one of the other two, but that was just me. And, you know, I understand that, you know, Tom explained the reason in the matchup and all that, but I was glad the game got pushed a little bit back because I had to go to Home Depot and a quick run and I made it back in time for the, uh, the opening tips. So, yeah, I mean, I thought what Booker showed early was encouraging. Uh, you know, he hits the three, a couple blocks, and you, you guys talked about some of the defensive um, miscues. But I, I will say I was surprised he didn't play at all of that last 15-plus minutes. Not saying I'm surprised at all that, that Sissoko was on the floor at the end, but I'm surprised he didn't get a little more run down the stretch. But again, to your guys' point, that wasn't the reason they lost. I cannot remember a time in like late February that their playing rotation and substitutions have been this just like all over the place. Um, Because you're right, Brandon, you said it earlier, like they're clearly searching for something. And to be searching this hard in late February is not a good sign. I mean, you got Sissoko, you know, steady starting, you know, um, 18, 20 minutes a game. Um, obviously, he started playing poorly. He did this to himself, but you, you bump him down to five minutes. Um, and then then you bench him, but bring him back up to 16 minutes a game. You start a true freshman who was, like you said, a DNP four games ago, like was not in the rotation. You bring him all the way up to starter out of nowhere and give him, what do you have, like 16 minutes yesterday? 
Um, and then Carson Cooper, it felt like they were, you know, he was coming on. They were happy with him. You bring him down to nothing. What are you doing with Jackson Kohler? It felt like you were kind of trying to slowly bring him along, but the minutes aren't really there for him. Um, it, it's just all over the place. And it's surprising to see a veteran coaching staff like this kind of flailing, uh, frankly, this late in the season. And the amount of stuff they're trying, like I, one of my questions next time we talk to Thomas Joe is like about these two big lineups. Cause I, I don't see the benefit in them. Like, I guess I get them like philosophically, but I've seen enough of them. Like, I don't see what they think they're getting out of them. It's just too, too many non-shooters, too many non-offensive players. I mean, maybe you can get away with Kohler with a certain combination, but when you've got Marty Cooper um, in there, they had Carr in there with him too. Like, yeah, and Cohen Carr, yeah, they are not doing Cohen Carr any favors. Um, with the, I mean, like if if Carr is going to be in there, you got to have him in there with four scores, basically. Um, and they're not doing that. So I some of these some of these lineups I don't get. Um, and I, I get trying different stuff, but to me the evidence is there on the two big lineups. I, I don't see other than they've got four bigs they're trying to get in there. I don't really see the benefit of that. So yeah, this the, the fact that it's it's going to be March before they play their next game. And I've really got no idea where these rotations stand is a very strange place to be. Yeah. And we might not get any hints really of what it's going to be the norm moving forward either, because obviously this game coming against Purdue is not your normal matchup. You're going to have to go against a seven, four guy who's going to win the second straight national player of the year. First got to do that since Ralph Sampson in the eighties. I mean, if you saw the Michigan game before Michigan state yesterday, he Michigan was doing everything they could to try and push him away from the basket. And it didn't matter. He ended up with 35 and 15, I'll be shocked if you see Xavier Booker start the next game, knowing Zach Eady's in there. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, we, so we might see more two big lineups in the next game, but we know that it's it's not a normal case, and it's just interesting to see. Kyle, I wanted to ask you something about, I mean, I'm seeing more, you know, this happens every time Michigan State goes down a bad road, but more and more calls, you know, is it has the game Izzo passed, passed Izzo by? Is he washed? Does he still have it? Can he still coach? Yeah, I think that he's still a great coach. I think his stubbornness and not using the portal is hurting him this year, but I don't think that means that he won't adapt moving forward. You're on record saying you think he'll you think he'll be more aggressive in the portal moving forward. He might not have a choice. I guess I'm just curious. I mean, you've been on the beat for a while. You were on the beat when he had teams winning Big Ten championships. You've been on the beat the last four years when it's kind of been a slog. Do, I mean, do, from your perspective do you see anything to get point evidence that Izzo has lost it or how has he changed I guess I just think he hasn't changed enough um frankly um and I I think I said this last pop but I think if you could get him to speak really honestly I think he would admit that he he probably should have gone to the portal in the front court um when people thought that he should um and because their center situation just isn't working right now um and I, I think they're going to they're going to do it. I mean, you, we've talked about this. You see enough other guys in the Big Ten, whether it's Rink Mast at um, Nebraska or Cricky at Iowa. You know, you can find mid-major big men who can come in and be solid, be pretty much what Michigan State needs, um, and it's um, in the middle right now. So I, I think I think that's going to happen finally. Um, I think Izzo kind of gambled that continuity was the way to go, and um, – I don't think that's I don't think that's been the right way, um, and I think they're going to start to trickle in a little bit, a few more transfers, and you're going to see them be, you know, obviously not not changing over the whole roster every year like some of these guys do. But like we've talked about, be uh, be Wisconsin and go grab you know one guy who's going to bullshit you. I think I think that'll ha- happen. Um, listen, I, I don't think the game's passed them by, but I get why people are frustrated. I mean, they're what two three games above 500 in Big Ten play since Cassius Winston left. 
I mean, this is not like a bad season. I mean, this is three years of this and um, you, you kind of got it for a little bit. I mean, I don't think they had the roster um, at certain points, but this team was top five preseason. Uh, I mean, this is this team is farther below its expectations than other ones. Um, and this was supposed to be the team that got them out of that rut and got them out of neutral, you know, and, and barely making the NCAA tournament. And this is the team that was supposed to be a title contender again because uh, they had the veterans, they had the shooters. And, um, you know, here we are and, you know, going into March and talk, well, I'm sure our next conversation will be about the bubble. And mm-hmm. we, we weren't supposed to be here. But you know what? Part of this, too, I mean, Tom has made his mistakes. I don't think he's had the greatest roster, um, and, and I don't think he's managed this team great as far as figuring out its rotations. But, like, you bring back four starters and, like, three seniors and a junior, like, these guys aren't playing to the level that we thought they would either. Um, A.J. Hogard is not taking the next step. Um, he's been okay, um, I think, for the most part. Um, Tyson Walker, as we say, diminishing returns. Um, they, he's done plenty for them this year and they probably relied on him too much. Jay Nakins hasn't really found what he had last March again. Um, Malik Hall, I think overall has been solid. I don't put a lot on his shoulders, but, um, you know, nobody's taken over these games late, like you said. So, I mean, I, I think there's blame to go around, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm just, you know, Izzo would never say this, but. I think he's just frustrated with this group. I think that he's annoyed that they have not taken that leadership. He's still talking about leadership. Uh, that Those core four that you're talking about, they could all four be gone next year. And and throw Sissoko in there too, maybe. I mean, he could come back. We'll see. But like, I think, you know, we'll see what happens next year. I mean, they're going to have a very young team, which will probably, you know, necessitate the need to go into the portal. But I don't know. I, I, as as an observer I, who's been watching these guys very closely for the last four years, I'm kind of ready to just move on to a new group. I think we kind of know what this group is. We've seen their ceiling, I think, uh, which is probably about Sweet 16 level. You know, yeah, they could have made another round last year, but Joey Hauser's not there anymore. I just, I don't know. There's something missing with this group, and they still have time to turn that around. They still have time to change that narrative, but it's just hard to see it when we've been watching kind of the same movie for the last four years, and I think Michigan State is oh. Uh, you know, maybe the staff gets shaken up. I don't know. They need to do something to inject kind of new life after this group is kind of like underwhelmed for about four years now. I think this core is moving on after the season, whether it's all four of them or three of the four. So I think you're going to have a new core next year. And I don't know if the coaching staff will change, but I think it'll feel like you're moving on after this year. Right. It feels like a, it feels like it will be a new era. And well, that'll be intimidating to lose all that experience. But like, what has this group done? It's mostly been frustrating. So maybe a reset will work, you know, not to, not to hate on the kids. I know they're working hard, appreciate everything they've done. There's been some highs, but uh, it hasn't been up to the standard that Michigan state basketball has set for itself. And there's just no denying that. So um, in terms of March, you know, I was looking at the bracket matrix. They're still on that eight line somehow. If you look across all the brackets, uh, I was up to, that was after before yesterday. So, you know, say maybe they dropped to the nine line now. That's still like, comfortably in the tournament, but you know, they have left themselves zero room for error. You you assume they lose to Purdue this weekend. That's going to be the assumption not to say they can't win. If they win that they're in the tournament. Um, But if they lose that, you, you better win versus Northwestern and at Indiana, or you're really, really starting to inch towards that first four game. I mean, do, do you agree? Yeah. So I, I, I dug into this a little bit um, this morning. Um, the only, the only person I've seen update their bracket since, um, since Sunday is Jerry Palm at CBS. He still has them in as a nine. 
it's not not a huge drop despite the, uh, the Ohio State loss, but I agree. Um, if we're going to chalk Purdue up as a loss, um, so let's just put that down for argument's sake. I think after that, my guess is they have to win two games some way. Um, whether that's the last two regular season, Northwestern at Indiana, which is very doable, um, or you split those and you win your Big Ten tournament opener, which should be a manageable game against a higher seed than you. Um, so I don't think they're in a, they're in a bad spot, but like you said, they basically they basically used up all their margin for error this week, um, and. You lose, you know, if they win two more, that gets them to 19 wins. That seems to be, I know that the the committee doesn't go by win total or anything, but it seems to be 19 wins gets you a good shot. 18 wins. I was looking at this morning, only a couple teams at 18 wins have ever gotten into the tournament um, in recent years. So um, I'm guessing their magic number is two. That can change based on the bubble, based on bid stealers, et cetera, et cetera. But um, that seems to be a pretty good bet to me. I would agree. I mean, you obviously have the Big Ten tournament, too, where there will be some chances to get some wins. But uh, I think if you're Michigan State, you just want to take care of it, man. You just want to get it done. Just real quick, uh, Saturday against Purdue, we'll see what Michigan State does. I mean, they can't leave them on single coverage. They're going to have to double him, you think? Yeah, they'll be. I mean, I mean, they they played him before. Uh, I mean, I I think it'll be. I think I don't think I think they'll do single probably with di- guards digging is what they seem to like to do um, and just to kind of pester him. Um, that way you're not really committing a guy to a true double and and they've got the guards that are quick with quick hands. So I feel like that fits their personnel well. But you know they've not come close to beating Zach Eady um, since he's been there um, or at least in the last um, year um, since he's really taken off to National Player of the Year. Can- um, caliber and and Mackey has been an absolute house of horrors for them, obviously. So um, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, hard to see them. Uh, hard to see them winning it. But I mean, I, I think realistically, if they can keep it competitive, if they can be in the game late, I think that would give them some confidence. Um, and even if they can't win, I think if they can feel good going out of that, um, then you know maybe you can have a little bit better vibe going into the last couple. Matt, hockey beat reporter uh, over here. We've got a, what, top number four versus number six playing in Madison this weekend. They're they're going for the Big Ten title. It's two top six teams in action. Uh, championships on the line. And you can see it all live on Big Ten Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I won't get on the Big Ten Plus versus Big Ten stuff or where that game should be airing. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh... – very interesting time for Michigan State hockey for, you know, such a great program um, to have gone downhill um, for a sustained period of time. And Adam Nightingale in his second year has got him right there. So, yeah, I mean, it's two games and, you know, Michigan State needs to win one to to secure uh, the Big Ten title. It would be their first Big Ten title and, and their first conference title since back in the CCHA days a long time ago. So, you know, exciting time for for that program. Uh, they, they had – a lead going, uh, what were they up? What, four points, I think, going into this past weekend? And they mathematically, there was the possibility they could have secured a Big Ten title on Saturday night. It would have been required a little bit of help, obviously, and that didn't happen because, uh, like the basketball team did on Sunday, Michigan State laid it, hockey laid its stinker on Friday. Uh, last place, Ohio State continued being a spoiler. You know, they, they swept Wisconsin the week before and they came into to Mon and won six to two after falling behind early. So 
But as they have done all season, pretty much, Michigan State responded, um, took the lead again uh, early on, on Saturday night. And, you know, after the game was tied, they, re- they went back in front in the second period and then a five-minute major. Uh, they got a couple power play goals off it. And, you know, that really put the game away. And, you know, they, they won 5-2. And so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're right there, two-point lead going into Madison. And you win one and, and you get to, uh, get to host, host a trophy for the first time in a long time. Well, they have the dual the D trophy uh, in Detroit, but you know, you know that's a one-off. So they're a fun team to watch. You know, I will be honest; I hadn't watched a live hockey game um, in probably five years. You know, whenever the last time I was at a Wings game, and uh, yeah, it was fun. I hadn't been in Mun for a game in like more than two decades, and yeah, it was a good environment. Uh, senior night, alumni night, and uh, yeah, it's a, it was entertaining. I, I enjoyed the little change of pace and doing some hockey. Man, they've had a great season and like, you know, a lot of people I think thought that they would be competitive this year. They were ranked coming into the year. I don't think anyone thought maybe like Big Ten title was within reach this year. I think people were kind of targeting next year. So like, I don't know, like they've had a great season either way. They're going to be in the big tournament, but it feels like, you know, you've been at the top of the standings all year. You got to go to Madison and get this done to really validate the kind of season you've had. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard, but uh it just feels like it's there for the taking and, and this team feels like they're ready to to pounce on it and make it happen. And you know, just don't be like the basketball team. You know, you don't want to like lead the whole way and then give it away at the last second. That's not what we want happening from a from a Michigan State fan standpoint. But uh, do we have anything else or should we get out of here? No, no. I mean, I would just add that, I mean, to that point, you know, the expectation was they'd be, you know, a tournament team this year, but they are still in the mix for a number one seed potentially. I think they're five in the latest pairwise rankings. So, that's pretty remarkable turnaround from a couple of years ago when they lost 13 straight to just about close the regular season. So um, I will say Michigan State Gymnastics won a Big Ten regular season title on Friday night uh, in, in, uh, at Penn State. So uh, back to back for them. Congrats, ladies. That's what we like to hear. Uh, yeah, the athletic department's doing great. It's just, you know, the main, the top two sports have rubbing people the wrong way a little bit here. But we'll see. Still time for Tom Izzo's group to to get a w- big win. Maybe it starts Saturday. I believe it's Fox Primetime Hoops again. So uh, we'll have Gus Johnson back on the on the call. Hopefully he's not, like, opening goodie bags for the opposing team and bragging about it on air. Uh, but that's a whole other conversation. Kyle will be there covering, and, of course, all our coverage online, mlive.com slash Spartans. That's going to do it for Kyle Lawson and Matt Wenzel. I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you once again for listening to M Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you next time and go green.